Before we get into the podcast, this is just a small disclaimer that this is our first time attempting to record or edit, so there will be some clunkiness along this first episode, but these things will improve as we continue to practice these skills, so thanks for sticking it out with us. Please enjoy the podcast. The Witching Hour. Hello and welcome to the Witching Hour. Hello and welcome. <laughs> I'm Kendall, Sea Hag and Silversmith. And I'm Laura, the Rogue Witch of Rogue Witch Apothecary. Uh, we have decided that we need to do a podcast looking at the representation of witches in media, different aspects of media. We're going to watch movies, read some books, watch some shows. We'll be talking about the magical applications in whatever we're looking at that week, as well as how it relates to uh, the practical magic that we use in our daily lives. We'll be talking about different aspects of their wardrobe, because obviously they usually have some pretty dope clothes and jewelry and accessories that we need to talk about. And we just care a lot about fashion. (laughs) (laughs) Speaking for myself at the very least, I care a lot about it, especially if it's historical. I mean, I'm wearing velvet right now, so... (laughs) We will also be giving each one a rating out of five pentagrams, uh, for obvious reasons, based on general enjoyment and general filminess of it. The, the general cinematography? Well, no, because that's like all just the image bit, isn't it? Cinematography okay. is like... The, the filminess. Yeah, the film... The, I, the, I think that's... How filmy is it? <laughs> Not as filmy as a good beer. Out of, How is it? Out of five pentagrams. <laughs> out of five pentagrams. <laughs> Makes sense. <laughs> I, I suppose by filminess, I mean enjoyment of watching the film and its, its structure as a film and a storytelling device. Right? Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah. We are recording outside today for COVID reasons and because Laura lives on a gorgeous river and has a beautiful deck and we will soak this up every minute that we can before our Oregon coastal winter gets rolling. It's just about as nice as it could possibly be. It literally is. It's lovely. So today on our first episode, we're going to be bringing you show notes from Hocus Pocus. Yeah, starting with the... The one true pinnacle, in my opinion. (laughs) (laughs) Your absolute favorite Halloween movie, maybe even movie of all time, is that true? Yeah, my family has always watched it every year. I am having what will be my only real, like, Hindu bachelorette party, and my only request was that we watch Hocus Pocus. (laughs) So it is pretty integral to to my existence. So you grew up watching it a lot, right? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, and it was 
came out in 1993, the year that I was born. So I think it has literally been with me for my wow, entire life. Wow, that's really amazing. And I've only seen it a handful of times. Um, yeah. I definitely didn't watch it until I was an adult um, because when I was younger, we were a very religious Christian household, and mm-hmm. we could definitely not watch anything about man. That was not in our movie What's interesting library. is my family was... Uh, definitely not to the extent that yours was, but to the extent that, like, I wasn't allowed to watch Charmed, but somehow, like, the family huh. movie was still... I think because the witches are bad in this one. You're not rooting okay, for the witches. I think that's the that, sign that makes, more that sense, makes actually. it okay. Yeah. <laughs> no, it's still definitely not okay for us to watch that. So I didn't watch it until I was an adult, so I've only seen it a handful of times compared to your hundreds of times. But yeah. Do you feel like watching it as an adult made it less enjoyable for you because for me there's so much nostalgia wrapped up in it that I'm going to enjoy it regardless Mm -hmm. of whether it's like a technically good movie or not (laughs) Uh, no no I don't think it made it less enjoyable than if I had watched it when I was a kid although that's really hard to say obviously watching it as an adult it's just such a fun movie you know it's really fun they're they're doing these wacky little shenanigans and their costumes are funny their their characters are hilarious I mean it's just really well done so I enjoy it quite a bit I love watching that movie, and I, you know, I know that it's going to be one that I watch every year. So yeah, it's just it's too good not to. Like yeah. it's just it's just good fun. It you is. Know? It, it's well done. Um, directed by Kenny Ortega, who also had a hand in some Gilmore Girls episodes, so he's a plus on my list. <laughs> yeah, let's get into the to the magic of the world. Awesome. Uh, we we wanted to start with Hocus Pocus because we feel like it has some very traditional representations of. Witches, Like, it's got mm-hmm. a lot of the, the stereotypes. It takes place... It begins in the Salem Witch Trials. These are witches living in Salem, get caught feeding off the lives of children, sucking their <laughs> souls out of their bodies. <laughs> the townspeople are none too pleased with this. Um, and they hang them, but before, before they are hung... Uh, they they cast a spell to to rise again when a virgin <laughs> <laughs> lights the black flame candle. It's big virgin emphasis. Big virgin emphasis. Big virgin emphasis. And so then the movie goes on to have a virgin go and light this big flame. Mm-hmm. The, was it what they the black it? flame? The candle. black flame candle. And uh, they 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 rise again. Yeah, the ca- the candle is made from the the tallow of hanged men. Apparently, ah. I think that's what they say in it. That's, that's pretty wicked. Yeah. So then a young virgin does go and light the black flame candle, and he he enables them to rise again, and they are resurrected in the On early, Halloween night, on too. On Halloween, Halloween night. night, there's a on full, a full moon. moon. Uh-huh. Yep. As and there will be this year. As there will be. Maybe we should So, hey, virgins, again. calm it down. <laughs> Don't go lighting any black flame <laughs> candles, okay? Um, yeah, so they rise again, and then they go on to terrorize this town in the early 1990s on Halloween night. Yeah. So let's talk about the way that magic functions in this world. Winifred Sanderson, the lead witch. Um, now these are three sisters. And the Sanderson sisters. The Sanderson sisters. The, the lead witch, Winifred, has a deep attachment to a magical book. Her, her grimoire that it is said she sold her soul to the devil in order to get. Um, it's, a, it's a book that has... Um, some degree of sentience, I guess. Um, it kind of does it. Isn't it mm-hmm. have the eye on the It has outside? that eye. She talks to mm-hmm. it. She calls to it. Right. Um, it can, yeah, it can come to her. It opens on her will, shows her what she needs to see. Yeah, so presumably it's functioning as some sort of portal right. even to, 
to, to the devil, I guess. <laughs> portal to the devil. And what's interesting about that, too, is that she doesn't have... It, she doesn't have many magical abilities outside the book. Like, she really needs her book to be able to do some of these rests. She doesn't have them all memorized after hundreds and hundreds yeah, of years. Yeah, she really doesn't. You know? they, 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 they're they able to steal the, the book at one point, and she is utterly lost. <laughs> um, cannot remember her, her recipes. So, that's really interesting. Um, the only time we really see them use magic separately, she can cast lightning from her fingertips. Right. She uses it very sparingly. She uses it only on two men, actually. Isn't yeah, two true? boys. Yeah. yeah. Otherwise, she doesn't employ the use of her electric fingers. Uh, yeah, it feels like there were there were some moments where she could have really used that. <laughs> um, and then also she, she raises an ex-boyfriend from the dead. Yes, um, yes. She calls him up. And she does that for her service. Yeah. Yeah, so in this world, it seems that, that magic follows some pretty strict guidelines um but we do also see some allusions to there being quote-unquote white magic involved in the world too um which we don't love the terminology of white versus black magic yeah really outdated real racist a lot of good (laughs) good stuff uh soaked up in there um but at one point one of the our protagonists um reads from the book that uh, a ring of salt will protect you um in case of, I don't know, someone trying to attack you, whatnot. Protect um, you from evil. Yeah, I don't, I don't remember the exact wording of it, but so she, she casts a, a salt circle around herself with, um, with, with Morton salt, by the way. Oh yeah, which Morton is just salt. So excellent that she goes to the kitchen and grabs a can of Morton salt mm-hmm. and uses it around. Like I swear, it seems like they had a little it advertising money placement. going on there. It was, yeah. it was fantastic. So it was like also right next to some Seven Up or something. Like I mean, it, hey, it was a product placement. If that's all you got, use the Morton salt in your cabinet. You know, it's not gonna, it's yeah, not it'll gonna do you well. Do you any harm? Use yeah. that. Um, so she casts a circle around herself the next time that the witches come for any amount of attack. And Winifred says, ooh, a clever little white witch. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, we get just that little hint of there being a separation between mm-hmm. what we view as bad, quote-unquote, witchcraft um, right. and good witchcraft. Right. So these are witches in particular who have sold their souls to the devil, who are engaging in evil acts. Mm-hmm. Um, but presumably there are other witches in this world right. who, who can be doing good work. Yeah, they have the very classic Christian portrayal of what it means to be a witch and, and to perform witchcraft. And, and even down to their, you know, even their dress and their mm-hmm. hairstyles and the way that yeah. they talk and the magic that they use. And I don't know if you watched that YouTube video that I sent to you. The YouTuber is Nicole Rudolph. Um, she's doing a series on recreating historically accurate Hocus Pocus costumes. Um, and she provided the background information that each of the sisters were conceptualized to represent kind of a different stereotype of witchcraft. Um, Mary oh, um, is is meant to be the, the slovenly, gluttonous okay. um, aspects of witchcraft. And then we have Sarah being, of course, the sexualized. <laughs> yes. um, you know, obviously women's sexuality is very much demonized at this time <laughs> yeah. in history. Um, and that's like that was a really big thing for witchcraft if, if there was a woman who, mm-hmm. who seemed to be outside of our right. patriarchal Christian Values right. of especially how coming out of the eighties. The eighties had a lot of uh, like gothic, I was talking, gothic witchcraft going on. I, you know? I was talking more about the uh, the colonial period <laughs> that that where they were originally not the. Uh, Oh yeah, but I mean, still 1990s. <laughs> I mean, 1980s. that still was going on in <laughs> yeah. the 1990s. It's still still is going on today. Now. Yeah. But yes. Um, <laughs> I see what you mean. Yeah. Um, and then Winifred uh, has 
oodles and oodles of power and has, mm-hmm. uh, yeah. And the classic evil. She's the classic, classic evil. evil. She's you know? cavorting with the devil. Mm-hmm. Um, she's in charge of things. everybody. She's the she's the top witch. You know. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. So I thought that was really interesting that they that they portrayed them in this movie in that way in that light that is so very Christian portrayal of it mm-hmm. where no matter what kind of magic quote unquote magic you're doing you're portrayed as evil and mm-hmm. it is not it's not something that is supposed to be messed with or you know dealt with at all right yeah and they are specifically using their magic to they have a, a specific potion that they they make up that sucks the the life force out of children and that's how they obtain their youth um, when when the movie starts they're old and haggard and feed off of the young, what is Emily? Emily Binks. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah, which is like the, that's back in the back in those days when people were starting to talk about witch, witchcraft and witches and stuff. That's that's what you thought of. That's what everybody thought of. And I think even still today, you you'd ask somebody who's not into witchcraft and not on that level what their portrayal, what they picture when they think of a witch, and that's mm-hmm. kind of what they would think about. You know, they have a cauldron, they have a black cat, they got, they're covered in warts, and they're living in the woods, and yeah. you know, all these very classic themes about it. And they really they really played on all of that in the movie, which is so interesting. Yeah. So if you're listening to this, you're probably a little bit interested in witchcraft and you you might have your own rituals whether it's just a little bit here and there you might be you might be kind of looking at instagram accounts that are a little even if bit you're witchy, just into or, the aesthetic you know even if you're just into the aesthetic or you could be uh, practicing for many years and you have your rituals down and you have you have a set practice um what whatever drew you to this podcast you know you have this idea that witchcraft is so much more than that and i think that that idea is beginning to shift in people a little bit which is really oh cool yeah to think i mean about. it's definitely getting to be uh mm-hmm. I mean, it's commercialized now at this it point, is. right? Like it, you, you can get, you can get a, you can get a witch packet at World a, Market or whatever. There's good and bad about all of that, but you know, in my in my personal practice, um, you know. I'm not. I am using cauldrons and, and bubbling and you know living out yeah, in the you woods do by a lot, myself. You do a lot of that with your your apothecary. Yes. As you. <laughs> but as we all know, it's more about your intention. For me personally, mm-hmm. anyway, like I I I practice chaos magic, and I I believe that the intention that you put into stuff, you can alter the you can alter your reality, you can alter your universe in that way. You mm-hmm. have to manifest and be actively working to try to change things. It's not just all you know. It's not how they portray it yeah. in the movies and such. So yeah. it's interesting that that is such a theme in all of these shows and movies and stuff, too. Yeah, I also think it's interesting that we get a, a few allusions to the fact that their mother um, was a witch. Um, yeah. And so it's clearly something that's passing in the bloodlines for them and that they were taught by their mother. and. Mm-hmm. And don't you just want to know more about that? Like, do you think I, that they I set so it up to, ha- to be, to have, like, a prequel at some point? I don't think they set it up that way, but there's been a lot of talk about having a prequel. Because that would um, be pretty awesome. Yeah, I want to see that so yeah. bad. I, re- I really want to yeah. see that relationship I really want to see Lily Tomlin play their mom. Oh, that would fuck. be, like, my <laughs> ideal so choice. That'd be <laughs> so good. Yes. Um, that'd be fantastic. Uh, I also think it's interesting that what starts this whole ball rolling is... The Virgin, um, Max, yes. um, doesn't believe in it. It's all a bunch of hocus pocus. Mm-hmm. Uh, where, where we're getting the name from? Um, so he lights his candle because he thinks it's just silly nonsense. What harm can it do? Um, right. And obviously, uh, it brings back three evil witches from right. the dead to terrorize it down. Um, and that, for me, has kind of gained a different resonance for me, especially in these last few years. In 
I love seeing uh, witchcraft get more normalized and that it's become a, a thing that people feel really comfortable mm-hmm. engaging in and like yeah, once upon a time, you and I could not have businesses where we avow ourselves to be witches. And Absolutely that's, uh, you know, how we carry on. Um, and there's plenty of places in the world where we could not do that Absolutely. right now. But it does uh, bring to mind to me the people who weighed in without research, who mm-hmm. weighed in without respect. Yes, yes. And can have some really unintended consequences. Yeah, absolutely. It bring it brings to my, you know it makes you think about having to have intention and be cautious of what you're dealing with, even if you think that it's a bunch of hocus pocus and that nothing is going to come of it because it's all energy in the end. It mm-hmm. is all it all, it is all has its own intention and matter and, and energy and can be moved. And so if you're messing with stuff that you don't really understand that nobody really understands, mm-hmm. then you're you're opening yourself up to consequences you don't really understand you don't, you don't know what they could be yet and there's a yeah, lot of people like, out there that i think are, are practicing that might not even know it that mm-hmm. are practicing under the guise of it being like a funny little you know trend to jump onto but yeah or you see people you know life. invite quote-unquote deities in yeah. um but the, they're not necessarily all you're not always engaging with who you think you're engaging right. with so I thought it was interesting in the movie how they have this young female character, Danny. She's one of the main characters. She is mentioning at the beginning of the movie, she tells her brother that it's a full moon. Mm-hmm. It's a full moon on Halloween, which it's going to be this year, too. So she is, she's already in tune. She already knows that it's going to be the full moon. And she says, the weirdos will all be out. And I just love that they brought that in, that they, they allude to her having some sort of inclination about the witchiness that happens during a full moon and on Halloween or Samhain. Yeah, because she even says to Allison when they meet her at her um, family's fancy Halloween party, <laughs> she says she's dressed as a witch, and so uh, Allison right. comments on it, and they, they bond over their love of witches that right. they're very interested in. Right, that's true. That's what prompts them to go to the museum in the mm-hmm. first place, was yeah. their bond over loving witch, witches and witchcraft mm-hmm. and witch lore, which is really cool. So they do have the, some nice aspects of witchcraft and witches in the in the movie, not just all negative. Well, yeah, and they really show that... I mean, I'm, I'm not sure that they, they've done it in the most accurate way possible, but Salem as a as a city is very uh, heavy on the witchcraft, which right. I, was, I was looking at something recently that was... Like, the main streets of Salem are basically every, every shop has something to do with witchcraft, and it's an interesting juxtaposition mm. with what historically happened on that ground. Um, it is, The yeah. number of witches that were murdered um, in that area, and so it's almost like putting a... An amusement park of sorts. Almost. <laughs> yeah. Capitalizing on something tragic. Yeah. As, I mean, you know, human beings tend to do. It could also be, you know, there, there is a way to view it also as, you know, turning that spot into a place of power for riches right. and, and, and all that. Right. Um, kind of giving back to. I don't know. We'll have to see when, when we eventually actually get to go. <laughs> yes. Yes. You know what we should do actually is make a pilgrimage there and do a podcast while we're there. Oh, well, we'll just have to. <laughs> just have to we'll see when only appropriate see when we're allowed to travel again (laughs) so there was a scene in the movie where sarah is wait that's her 
That's her real wait, what's her name? No, her name Sarah? is her, her name is also Sarah. In, oh, okay. In the movie. <laughs> yeah, Sarah Jessica Parker plays Sarah. As you guys as we do more of these, you guys will realize how terrible I am at, at recalling names <laughs> of people in movies and their real names, so don't don't be surprised. But she's at one point they're standing in front of somebody's house and um, you know, it's Halloween, so there's all these decorations out and everything, and she's kind of in the background, she's not participating in the conversation, but you see her eat this giant spider. She picks it out of a plant and she looks at it for a minute, and then she just eats this huge spider out of the blue, and it's the only time she does it this entire movie, and well, it's just so they funny. make her into a bit of a weirdo. Like she, as soon as they like come home, she like reaches up into the rafters to find yes. her lucky rat tail. <laughs> her lucky rat tail. And so they hint on these like very stereotypical aspects of witchcraft, like the rat, you mm-hmm. know, um, like her eating spiders. I don't know if you know if eating spiders is a stereotype of witches, but spiders in general are usually related to witches too. Yeah, you know, if you. I think anything ooky and creepy. Yeah, exactly. It's so funny. I wish that she would have eaten more spiders than the whole thing. (laughs) Yeah, I, I I really think this is Sarah Jessica Parker's greatest (laughs) role to date. (laughs) I like to think she actually improv that too. That there was this decoration sitting there. I like to think this is Sarah Jessica Parker's true form. Yes, yeah. So she wasn't even in character. She was just being. It's a documentary. It's a documentary about Sarah Jessica Parker. (laughs) Yeah, and her her real. Yes, which, so as a witch, uh, you know, a practicing witch, I can tell you for myself, I do not eat spiders. That is not part of my craft. Um, I can't speak for you, though. I also do not eat spiders. <laughs> so, just to quell any I don't curiosity. even, like, eat meat generally, so I'm <laughs> not going to insects spider. and whatnot, so. <laughs> I mean, good protein, cheap, you know, it's a I mean, sustainable resource. It, yeah, well, <laughs> honestly, our culture should eat more insects than arachnids, yes. but... Um, that's for another discussion. Yeah, that's a whole other topic. Another stereotypical thing that you see happen in the movie is them flying around on broomsticks. Yeah. I want to know where the origin of that little nonsense came from. One of the theories of that is that it was a masturbatory yes. tool for women. To, Into it. That there was yeah certain <laughs> oils that they were rubbing on their broomsticks and then rubbing okay. themselves on them on their broomsticks. All right, I like that. Yeah, I like that folklore. That's right. Great. I <laughs> mean, you know, your guys out there hunting and gathering and farming or whatever he's doing, and you're stuck inside cleaning all day long. And hey, yeah, yeah. Um, it's before synthetics really took off, so more <laughs> more references to cause tubers. Abby Cox recently did a video on the history of the witch's hat, um, and she gets into that a little bit of depictions oh, of um, witches on on broomsticks. So it is a many centuries old stereotype. Huh, um, how interesting. We also see that once they have lost their brooms, they, they set that down their, their flying brooms for a little bit yes. to, to go yes. into Satan's house, um, <laughs> which we'll get to, because um, that's definitely one of my favorite scenes. I think it's silly and stupid. I do love it. Um, but these little girls wander by who are all impeccably dressed like the Sanderson sisters. Impeccably. Despite the fact that it would have been very difficult to have evidence of what exactly they yes, look like. Yes, and they're like four, four and five. They're really young. They're quite young. They're, they're quite small. Um, but they see these brooms and immediately go, this is fine to steal. Let's grab these. <laughs> and you can hear the whooshing noise as they Ooh, literally fly off. I want, like, I don't know. <laughs> 
I want to see the follow-up on those girls. Yes. Um, yeah, they steal somebody's Halloween. Like, so, if you didn't know what they were, you'd just think they were Halloween decorations. So they yeah. steal someone's Halloween decorations and then fly away on them. Yeah, I can't wait for their parents to see them come home. I yeah, mean, <laughs> if they ever um, do. Exactly. In a new life now. <laughs> totally dangerous They scenario. went out to the woods, found a cabin, <laughs> made some candles. Um, <laughs> but so once they, they've lost their original broomsticks, we see them later, obviously, Winifred gets the one broom that's left over, and then Sarah gets a mop, and yes. the dear Mary gets <laughs> a vacuum, vacuum. <laughs> um, which is a classic hilarious scene, will never not be funny when she takes off on a vacuum with the cord trailing behind her. I mean, you use so I don't know tools if it's like, you have available exactly. to you, is that not right? That is true as it is. Yeah, I'm not sure if it like is specifically... Something to do with it being a cleaning tool, or right? like what exactly the so logic funny. on that is. But yeah, I love it. It's so great. So they do. They steal these these brooms in front of Satan's house, which is one of the best and most ridiculous nonsensical scenes yes. of the entire movie. Like, why did they even do it? Just for the sake of comedy? Yeah. 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 It's got to just be the joke. It's got to be. It's well, amazing. Yeah, and I think it, it's part of their learning what's actually happening in this environment. Right. So, like, Halloween, at this point in our lives, looks very different from what it would have been back in their times. Mm-hmm. Um, so they didn't have these traditions of kids dressing up in costumes and going right. around begging for candy. And I guess the, they're not then, begging. I don't want yeah, the little children. <laughs> <laughs> and then, the, so, yeah, so inside the house, that's when they realize what's actually going on. And um, Right, they, so they get invited into this house by a man who's dressed like Satan. Um, they go, really, it's just, like, red... <laughs> Long John's. It's so great. Um, and and they go, oh master. Yeah. And they run up to him at first, thinking that it's their, you know, that they, it's actually the devil that they pledge their souls to, and who they worship, and it's not. It's yeah. definitely not. And it's um, and his wife is there, and she is none too pleased about this. And like as a kid watching this, I was always like, yeah, that wife is so stingy and yeah. uptight about it. And then you watch it now, and she you're has like, no fun. This man is disrespectful as fuck. Like, yes, what he invites three doing? strange grown women into his house who are showing plenty of cleavage and uh, doesn't kick them out in fact starts dancing around the room with one of them while his wife's sitting there in her bathrobe and her curlers and yeah. going um please get out of my house yeah yeah it's, it's pretty bad altogether but so that's that's when their their disillusionment comes of <laughs> they had thought that all the children were hobgoblins yeah. and they confined the children so once they realize that this is not the true devil but someone dressed up um, they realize that the Everybody else is also dressed up right, as well, so right. I think I think maybe that's part of it. But mostly, it's just that it's a fucking funny. I mean, scene. what a great way to tell this tell to relay the fact that they figured out what is actually going on. Yeah, they really did it well. Do we have anything else to say about the the function of magic within the world? You know, I don't think so. I think that we pretty. I think we covered a. Uh, our basis so pretty well. I think so too. Um, so let's carry on to fashion. Fashion. <laughs> <laughs> now you have to do that every time. Are you ready? Are you wait, ready wait, to I commit? Can do okay, let's hear. It. Let's hear. Which is in fashion. Nice. <laughs> okay, okay, that's what. It there is. we go. <laughs> so obviously, like Sarah Sanderson. We've all wanted that costume. Of course. Obviously. She's, she's like, sexy as fuck. She's kind of like the princess of witches, if you will. 
Yeah, you know, the way exactly. that she's dressed has kind of that, uh, that's actually form. That's one of the things that um, I believe her name is Nicole. I'm so sorry. I'll, I'll figure out your actual <laughs> shit. Um, but that's one of the things she says is that she's she has a princessy. Oh, cool. Um, she's modeled after a princessy. <laughs> yeah, you look at you. Look at you with observations that match up. Yeah. Um, I do think it's hilarious that they seem to have instead of you know chemises that one would have had at the time, which are just like long long tunics. They have like fishnets. Wow. <laughs> Right, fishnets under like their modern day 1980s fishnet. Yeah, and their their corsets, or at least Sarah's, like when she lifts up her arms, she bears her tummy and stuff. Right, not really how that's corsets not how worked the, out. No, and that's not how the outfit would have worked either. Wouldn't <laughs> it have been a whole piece underneath and then the corset on top of it, holding yes. it all together? Yeah, right. exactly. Okay. And like when you see in movies that people have corsets on their bare skin, that is not. A thing that it's is not, not how, how this would have happened. No, there was <laughs> um, there was an undergarment. Yes, yeah. exactly. And then of course Winifred's jacket is so gloriously beautiful. It's so actually the the costume, um, the physical costume is a bright lime green, but. Oh, the really? way that they shot the movie, I assume that they must have shot it, you know, that, that they darkened things in post uh-huh. for it to be nighttime for the movie. And so right, in the movie, it's like a dark, deep forest green. Wow. Um, and it's got all these different symbols layered into it. Beautiful drapey sleeves. I'm here for a drapey sleeve. <laughs> um, just so glorious. And I've always kind of read it as her being them being even out of fashion for when they were killed because they have been feeding off of the lives of children for a while right so when would that you were you had mentioned before that the clothing that they wear is not time period accurate right yeah to, to the 1800s when the first part of the was it 1800s 1600s 1600s sorry <laughs> Again, a terrible oh. stuff. So in their in that world, their fashion was completely out of date. Right. Well, so it's hard to to make a real comparison because it's obviously not historically accurate at all. Like it's, right. it, it's, it's I all, mean, there's fishnet. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. There's not a lot of fishnet happening they, in sixteen ninety three. But at that time period, they wouldn't have been wearing corsets and the the long drapey coat and things. Oh like yeah, they would have right? had stays and stuff. It would have been different in that way for sure. Yeah, and the drapey and the drapey coat. So stays are the precursor to a corset. Okay. Um, they're generally going to be like a, a softer material. They don't usually have the um, oh. the boning um, okay. to the same degree that like corsets have. Yeah. Okay. So they really played up the witchcraft, witchy costume mm-hmm. in this, even though it wasn't, te- you know, yeah, technically Yeah, and like Winifred's jacket um, looks a lot more like the the Renaissance revival imagery mm-hmm. that people had in the early 1900s at the turn of the century okay. when there was a romanticism around the medieval time period. And so like it looks a lot more like the paintings and stuff that we see coming out of that see. time of the medieval than true medieval dress. Okay, that makes sense. That makes sense. Yeah. A romanticized medieval. Yeah. Okay. Exactly. Wow, that's really interesting that they did that. Yeah. But, you know, fashion and witchcraft is a is a big deal, so they didn't want it to just be, like, looking all bland and... No, they look you know, fucking fab. They look they, fly as fuck. They, they make you want to sell your soul to the devil, so <laughs> yeah. you can have a bomb-ass jacket. If I could get that coat, I probably would. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
Yeah, and then besides besides the three main witches looking fabulous, which also we should note that they are in rags and are very haggard at the very beginning before they suck the life right. out of the child, and then they get a wardrobe update when, when, they, when, they're, when, they're when their bodies back as well. Uh, when their bodies are rejuvenated. Yeah, which is so one of my favorite there. tropes in, in TV shows and movies and stuff like that, where like there's some transformation and their clothes also transform. Yes. It's like... God, if it were only that easy. Isn't you didn't have to buy the things, put together the outfit. I mean, here's, you know, if you're doing witchcraft, you might as well look fly. And if, yeah. you can, if you can alter things like that, then I would too. Yeah, exactly. In that way. Yeah. And then, of course, throughout the rest of it, we have beautiful 90s fashion. Oh, it's great. I just, I mean, this this is really, this this movie is That's aesthetically me. Because yeah. I, I am very much either looking like a renaissance witch or... Or, or a 90s, 90s teen. Yeah, 90s grunged up bitch. both at the same time. Yeah, it's nice to mix and match. <laughs> um, you wear velvet on top of your uh, high-waisted jeans with a flannel over top. Yeah. Yeah. And I look bomb. And you look bomb. <laughs> <laughs> oh, and the little girl, Danny, she's she's also dressed like a witch, like we mentioned. Her costume is, is interesting, too, because they, they don't dress her up like a stereotypical-looking witch. They make her look more... Yeah, she looks like uh, How would you she, it, it? well, hers looks like an old timey costume for Halloween, even like it right, would have been right. like yeah, people not dressing. something from a bag. Yeah, it, it looks like the the costumes people were making in the right. in the early section of the of the century. Yeah, that makes more sense. And I just like that I like that they did that, you know, because if the, I feel like if this movie had been made today, they probably would have made her dressed like a stereotypical witch in maybe a black dress and a little black witch hat and all of that and she's not Yeah, and like she just that. looks cute. She's got like there's She's like, dressed like a child. She's got orange she's orange and black. She's got a pointy hat. Yeah. She's got like a vest. It's got suns and stuff. I mean, it's a great it's a great look. I It's a great I love look. It. You want I'm that still, jacket too. I do. I want it all. I want it all. Um, I'm desperate to to not even just throw one party that is Hocus Pocus themed where you can be anybody in Hocus Pocus because there are infinite, infinite. costumes. Because in it. it's There's Halloween, so... everyone has a good costume on. Yeah, and even the people who are not dressed up. Like, the there's a gaggle of teenage boys who are terrorizing oh, the, the community and all of their costumes are top notch. There's a dude that just has a beanie and a glow stick on top of his head. <laughs> That it's really, I mean, that's great. <laughs> you could be super casual about your yeah. dress. You could go full out and, and like really put a lot of effort into it. There's yeah. a lot of options. Exactly. Really, what I want is just to throw that party every single year. And you can be yeah. a different person. You would never run out of costumes. That's it's true. Just, it's just fantastic. It's true. You know, you could throw a couple a year and nobody would be mad at you. We also get a, a short scene of Allison who is the romantic interest of our dear virgin. <laughs> the virgin. Uh, I'm just, I'm just going to say that every time we mention him, because they put such an emphasis on it that is... Um, it's really unhealthy. It's so unhealthy. It's, it's really unhealthy. gross. He's a 16-year-old boy. Oh, my God, he was a virgin. Yeah, it's, it's perfectly okay for anybody to be a virgin at any age, but especially at 16, you're totally okay being a virgin. Totally fine. <laughs> totally fine. Don't let anybody um, tell you otherwise. And in Spellcraft in lore like that, when they're talking about virgin or virgin blood, they are not talking about this patriarchal idea we have of virginity. They're talking mm -hmm. about blood that hasn't right. been used for magic before. Right. So they it has nothing to do with your intercourse experience. <laughs> <laughs> so that's been pretty misrepresented through the years. And especially anyway, in this movie. Yeah, especially in this movie. <laughs> it's just so bad. But we see that 
Allison's family, who is quite well off, has a big old house. They throw a party every year that looks like it's meant to be like Rococo France. Um, mm-hmm. Everyone's got their their big powdered their wigs, wigs and mm-hmm. stuff, and they've got their their big dresses. Yes. Yeah, and everyone is impeccably dressed, too. It's, it's beautiful. really awesome. I mean, clearly they, her family and, and all their friends have buttloads of money. Also, I mean, this movie did really good at, like... I mean, that's a short scene, and they yeah. busted out a shit ton of costumes. They like, spent all their money on costuming. I mean, to be fair, probably they had some of those lying about. There was probably some <laughs> other movie that they, like... You know, it was probably, like, Amadeus or something that they took them from, but... So we get a short scene of that, and we get Allison in a big gown, mm-hmm. and then she, she goes off and changes into a sweater that I definitely own, with her, with, with just her, regular old high-waisted mom jeans. Yeah. Yeah. Um, classic looks. You know what costume I really like in this uh, is the Risen from the Dead ex-boyfriend Winifred Billy. Yeah, yes. I love it too. He's fantastic. His whole role is fantastic, but his costuming is amazing. I actually yeah. saw a picture the other day of this family that dressed up as the Sanderson sisters. The mom was Sarah, and the two little girls were the other two, mm. and then the dad was playing Billy. Oh, God, that's It was great. beautiful, and that's he did a great job. It's such amazing. a good costume. And now, is he, he from the time period that they were originally showed in, in 1693? Yes. Yeah. Is he dressed accurately then? Because he had that little floofy neck thing like a very he, he almost looks kind of piratey he's got that it's got this really puffy thing on his collar yeah which and is the right time period too. Is, okay. is that like pirates are the right time period for this apparently witch trials and piracy hit their peak at about the, the same okay. time okay. we don't get to see a lot of movies with pirates and witches hanging out we right. should and he looks like a everybody pirate. get on that he does he does he has a piratey look i am not sure how accurate that would have been to the time period i can't recall exactly his costume either but I, to my mind i feel like he looked a little more i mean just they just made him creepy right yeah, <laughs> yeah. i mean obviously he's really from the dead so he's got a lot of wear and tear on his on yeah. his costume in general but just looking at it un, you know under those to layers. me he looked a little more yeah it was like british punk like just like a oh yeah like, i could see that mm-hmm. yeah that mm-hmm. sort of a vibe That's funny. but with like a dash of history thrown in <laughs> as does this whole movie i swear yeah, exactly. it's just like uh, it's something else with a dash of history <laughs> yeah exactly which is like fine it, as long as it puts you in, in the mood yeah that's all we really need which from it. for for this movie for a kids movie like it is yeah. is actually just appropriate it's perfect yeah, yeah exactly um but yeah man billy i love billy billy is fantastic Billy's you great. know she winifred raises him from the dead trying to get him to <laughs> to pursue the children and he not avent- thinking that he'd be a little salty about being the fact that she killed him <laughs> <laughs> you know stuck in the ground not able to talk for a yeah. couple hundred years you know yeah so he he turns sides and is so immediately welcomed by these kids. Yeah. Like, Danny also very... <laughs> she goes Hi, back Danny. and, like, grabs his hand and starts walking with him. It's yeah. So great. It's so sweet. <laughs> Just such good stuff. Yeah. I also love all the costumes at the party that the parents go to. Oh, they're amazing. I'm dad killer. <laughs> dad killer. He's so great. And is she dressed um, as? I forget. Is it? She's Madonna. She's got the big cones right. for her boobs. Yes. Um... <laughs> Yeah, and there's, I mean, there's just so many good costumes in yeah. that, that scene overall. A plus. A, a plus, plus on a, costumes. A, a plus know? on costumes. A plus. I mean, really five, do a good five, job. five pentagrams. Five pentagrams for costumes. For, costumes. for <laughs> sure. For sure. Oh, I think that should lead us into our next section, actually, where we, we want to rate the movie overall. Mm-hmm. And we're going to do that based on a couple of components. One will be the fashion component, and one will be the historical accuracy of the, maybe? I don't know. That might not apply to everything. Yeah, I'd say more enjoyment of the film okay. and its general, like, storytelling. Okay. 
I like that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I also think that we should rate it based on their portrayal of magic. Yeah. Yeah. You know, their portrayal of witchcraft mm-hmm. and like how did it make, well, I guess it has, to, how does it make us feel? Yeah. And so my rating for this movie overall is going to be a four. Okay. Because, and you know, don't. Four out of five hundred. Don't leap over here and, you know, jump down my throat. Ma'am, you are allowed to have your opinion. I, I wouldn't. <laughs> Four out of five pentagrams. I don't want to come out the gate going really hard on it, you know, yeah. but I do feel like they, they were really skimpy on some of the portrayals of magic. They were very cliche about a lot of it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, but. But they were also going for that. That's what they were trying to do. So I give them props for that. And, and you know, I just, I would like to see a little bit more nuance. Reasonable, <laughs> reasonable magic being portrayed. Yeah, um, or at least consistent, consistent rules about the magic. Yeah. Like, it's it, weird that she has lightning fingertips, but is also incredibly dependent on a book. Exactly. Yeah. Like, what is she, what kind of powers does she actually have? Yeah. It's not outlined very clearly. So I'm going to go ahead and give it a four. Four, four out of five pentagrams. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Um, I'm giving it a five out of five pentagrams because this bitch is my fave. <laughs> yep, we started with your fave. Started, started with my fave. Yeah. I also like I indulge in a lot of conversation about movies. Like I, for some reason, follow a lot of filmmakers and stuff okay. like that. And so I know that it is technically not a good film. I think for for people <laughs> would would not necessarily view it that way. But that has nothing to do with my love of it. So. I mean, I have to say the cinematography is really great. The costuming is awesome, even if it's not historically accurate, mm-hmm. which I think when other people are rating movies and they talk about the costume, they want it to be historic. They talk yeah. about that, you know, but... Um, you and know, I sometimes kitschy, do, but it's... It's a kitschy movie, yeah. so, you know. And uh, very much so, I mean, three of those stars are nostalgia-driven, so yeah. it's... Right, me, that's it's just, true, three of it, them, it, yeah. It's very, it's very much at the hyper Yeah, you know, and oh. the writing is really good, too, so... Well, there, there's... For a, the, for what it is for a kid yeah I mean there's a few things um anachronisms that we don't love that they 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 make references to things they shouldn't have any idea about the writing's okay I'll take that back I mean look I'm I'm laughing start to finish I'm loving (laughs) it yeah but five out of five pentagrams for me I'll I watch this multiple times every single year I don't get tired of it I see new things every time Mm -hmm. um I feel differently about it as the years go by I enjoy different things Mm -hmm. um but it never gets old never gets old never gets old so Um, an overall rating of four and a half Yes, overall rating of four and a half pentagrams. I think that's pretty good for the first one. I think so, too. <laughs> I, I think it's great. Yeah. So thanks so much for listening to yeah. our first episode of The Witching Hour. We'll we'll get more comfortable in doing this. and uh, It'll be a little less clunky, a little bit more uh, structure going on. Yes. But, but I know that you loved it. So, yeah, thanks so much for already for loving, loving it. it. Uh, um, you know you want to come back for more. If you've gotten this far, it's definitely because of our humor. So you're loving what I'm saying right now. <laughs> so we're going to be doing a few more. We're probably going to stick with movies for the first few because those mm-hmm. are the easiest for us to digest and put out content about. And then we'll switch into doing some TV shows too. Like I think we talked about doing Witches of East End and Sabrina. We'll and definitely do some Charmed because Charmed. Charmed is pretty integral to, to my appreciation of witchcraft and, and i've never seen it so. yeah but your partner is also a, a big He'll old charm yeah oh please i would <laughs> i would really charmed. love for him to be on that on that episode <laughs> and speaking of speaking of your partner eric he is one of the architects of waste division which mm-hmm. is so kindly allowing us to to post this on on their 
network. Platform. That's right. Um, so Waste Division is a online art collective, and they also have a section that is dedicated to podcasting and podcast network. It's called Waste Radio. So you can find all of our episodes, this one and all the future ones, over on Waste Division. It's waste-division.org. And it'll also be up on Podbean and Spotify and iTunes. Yeah. And I think the next time we're doing Practical Magic Practical will Magic, be our next one. Which my partner hates, so he won't be a guest on that Yeah, show. and I did try to convince my consort to watch it by telling <laughs> him how much uh, Eric hates it, because they have very different taste in movies. But I thought that would sway I really thought opinion. that would be a selling point. You're really going to love this, because Eric hates it. Yeah, it, well, it didn't work out for me. I don't think he's going to watch it, but... This is going to be me and you. Me and <laughs> I've got you. a lot of years to try and to wrap, wrap him into it. Okay, well, um, with that, thanks for showing up, and learning about magic with us yeah you can find us on our on our social medias that's how you say it um i am Seahog silver on instagram and i am rogue.witch.apothecary on instagram so with that spell, spell you later, later.